Hello and welcome to Gunfighter Cast episode 64. I'm John McGregor here with my co-host Daniel Shaw. Daniel has over 15 years experience as a U.S. infantryman and I have 20 years experience as a law enforcement officer. Together we have almost 30 years of experience as firearms instructors and 32 years experience in concealed off-duty carry. The purpose of this show is to discuss firearms, equipment, training, and preparation as it relates to self-defense from a military, law enforcement, and civilian perspective. Welcome, Daniel. Hey, John. How are you doing today? A oh, very good day today, Daniel. Good to be uh, back recording. Yep, not bad at all. We just recorded uh, this episode with Rob Pincus, and you will hear from him uh, here in just a few minutes. But before we get into that, we have a little bit of an announcement to make, so go ahead, John. I guess we have our first kind of official sponsor here on uh, Gunfighter Cast. That would be correct, right, Daniel? We haven't had any, yep. at least before my time, no official sponsors. This is it. First one we've accepted. And, uh, you know, Daniel and I have talked before, um, you know, about sponsorship. It's not just a question of, you know, who wants to be on the show because Daniel's got plenty of offers. But we wanted to kind of selectively choose whose products we were, you know, that we were going to talk about on the show. And, you know, we wanted to make sure that the, the products we chose were, you know, things that we would use and things that we want to pass on to our listeners. The main thing here is I feel that we've developed a rapport over the years and we've got the trust of the listeners. And uh, we're going to tell you what we think no matter what. The main thing, we want to maintain that trust. And like we said before, not going to take anybody that could possibly compromise that. So we feel strongly about this company. So when we were, you know, kind of kicking around different uh, – you know, different companies and so forth. Uh, one of the first companies that uh, came to my mind is Ares Gear and the Ares Tactical Belt. You know, we haven't had, uh, you don't necessarily maybe think of, you know, the importance of the belt. Everybody wants to, uh, you know, go out and spend a lot of money on pistols and, and then holsters and so forth. But, you know, the belt is kind of really the foundation of a good concealed carry system. And, you know, we you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, attract a, a company that basically makes, you know, the best belts that I'm familiar with out there. And Aries Gear, uh, makers of the Aries belt, was that company. Yeah, the belt, extremely important part of the uh, the carry system. Like you said, very overlooked. You know, a lot of people are running real expensive guns and cheap holsters. Some people have real expensive guns and nice holsters and attached to a flimsy little belt. It can really make all the difference. Yeah, I've I've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it as well. You know the importance of having you know having a belt that'll support your gear. Uh, somebody that's um, you know maybe they've got you know nice you know super high expensive leather holster that's you know maybe designed for you know inch and three quarter belt, and they're running a you know a Walmart one inch dress belt through it, and they, you, know, you see the guns flopping all over the place, and it's it's not comfortable for the shooter either. You know, the, a good belt will give you a, a firm foundation where every time you reach for that pistol, it's going to be in the same place every time. And it's also going to make carrying that uh, piece of equipment comfortable. And, I mean, we all know what happens if, it, if it's not comfortable, you know, we carrying our, our firearm, there's going to be that tendency not to carry it or maybe carry less less gun than we should. And most importantly, it's got to look cool. And uh, they do that. And it does look cool. If you may have seen these before, maybe you didn't know the names of them, but uh, if you ever watch the the Magpul Dynamics videos, uh, you'll see the instructors in there. They're wearing Ares gear, and that's I'd say that's probably the first place that I had seen seen the belts. 
And then eventually, um, Jake Stebbins of Aries Gear, he, he ended up starting to sell them out of the, uh, Sig Arms Academy Pro Shop. And that's when I f- actually first got to, uh, you know, kind of put them in my hand and so forth and, and kind of give them a touch test and see that, uh, you know, they were really solid, you know, real solid, uh, belt, really good quality product. So, uh, we're both wearing them every day now and, uh, we'll keep you abreast on how they're holding up, you know, keep you informed about, uh, you know, our, long-term review of the Aries belt definitely encourage you to go check out the website and uh, you can find that where uh, the website is www.ariesgear.com basically the um, they've got a few different belts the ones that uh, Daniel and I are trying are uh, called the ranger belt it's uh, inch and a half inch wide it's double layers of inch and a half black scuba webbing, and uh, you can get it with different one-inch colored webbing on the outside, and the uh, the buckle is a Cobra QR buckle. Well, I'm sure everybody right now is like, can we listen to Rob Pincus now? So uh, we'll leave you with that, and uh, go check out the website, and you'll be extremely happy with that Aries Gear belt. Uh, if you're in the market for a belt, if you're not in the market with a belt for a belt, if you got one, you'd still be extremely happy with it. Go to the website, yes. check them out. We'll put a link in the show notes, and there will be a link up on the Gunfighter Cast website very soon. All right, and here's Rob. i got John McGregor and Rob Pincus here with us today. Going to talk a little bit about what Rob's got going on. I saw a few videos and some stuff that he's got going on with uh, fitness, mixing that with marksmanship and you know caring and protection. And uh, got John and I both quite intrigued. We were already talking about doing a show on physical fitness, so... Uh, we got Rob here with us to talk about what he's doing. So, hey, Rob. Hey, man. How you doing? Doing great. Doing great. It's good to have you on again. Good to be here, man. I I still uh, just recently got an email uh, from someone who was listening to I think it was part two of the last time we did this, and we did a we did part one, part two. And, um, they were talking about how our article I had written recently was something they first heard me discussing with you uh, on the cast uh, on the Gunfighter cast here. Oh, wow, that's cool. You remember what it was, by chance? It was uh, the, the discussion of the evolution of the OODA loop, um, the idea that we really need to, if we're talking about a counter-ambush situation and we're talking about um, rapid decision-making and, and really non-cognitive decision-making, then maybe uh, evolving the way we think about that. And what I've done is, is taken some of that early thought that I had on that topic, you know, starting maybe 2008, 2009, I'm um, working through 2010, 2011, and this year um, formalized that as a presentation we call the evolution of the OODA loop, and it talks about, um, certainly with all due respect to uh, Colonel Boyd and every every great application that has been made of, of his fundamental concepts, both the, the simplistic view of, of the OODA loop and then the much more complex view that he's uh, talked about and that he was uh, presenting, you know, uh, in various venues, whether it was for large-scale, you know, theater-wide warfare plans or, or corporate America or uh, individual combat, what we're talking about very specifically in all of my company's training is counter-ambush, interpersonal conflict that doesn't have time for complex analytical uh, decision-making. You know, should I do A or should I do B? And, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people have, have misused or misunderstood uh, Boyd's use of the words observe, orient, decide, act 
And uh, even in the, in the training community, very often present to students as if they're going to interrupt a decision-making process uh, that the bad guy is going to go through. You know, for example, if you move left uh, out of the line of fire, the bad guy has to decide whether or not to follow you. You know, I think that's a obviously very simplistic and cumbersome way of looking at it. We know that the human animal can stare at another human animal, and when you move to the left, their eyes are going to follow you. That happens in a very automated way. So what we're talking about is observing, reacting, recognizing, and responding. So the idea is we know that there's stimulus coming in. That's the observation. Uh, there's a natural human reaction to that stimulus. There's flinching, focusing, uh, fear responses, heart rate, auditory exclusion, all those things. And hopefully you recognize what's going on because you've, you've trained properly, you've trained well, and then you have a learned response that's executed in an automated way. Yeah, I think we kind of came out with a similar thing in some of our discussion. I was wondering where you were a few episodes ago, right, John? Yeah. Whenever we did the episode on the OODA loop? Absolutely. And uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, we had, we came, John had one perspective and I had another. And uh, from the law enforcement side and then, you know, the military side, I like to look at it a lot more from the, the side of, uh, without repeating the show, from the side of the, uh, the bad guy. And not, not so much completing mine, but making him react and uh, have my training to such a way that it is almost an automated response. You know, there may be, it's like, like exactly. a, we call it a 90% plan. You know, there's going to be a little bit and of I it think, that's not always going to work out perfect, but I got a 90% plan for about everything, hopefully. And then that's the point. If we have to acknowledge the ambush. We have to acknowledge the chaos. And where we're the, the traditional approach is to say that we're going to, quote, unquote, interrupt the bad guy's OODA loop, what we look at it is this. If, if you can cause him his, his observation, if you can cause a stimulus that causes the reaction that takes him off of his plan, he then has to improvise. So that's the the, the non-optimal loop is, is ORI, O-I-R, and that's observe, react, and improvise, just make something up. And and that's what you're forced to do when you haven't trained, um, which hopefully our bad guy hasn't trained for whatever we're going to bring back to him, uh, or if you've mistrained, quite honestly. You know, if you've spent all your life shooting in the weaver position uh, on the target range, and then you you're probably going to watch a dash camera video of yourself if you have to get into a fight shooting in a weight-forward, you know, isosceles full extension position uh, because that's what we see, you know, and that's a much more natural counter-ambush reactive position. So uh, there's there's a lack of training and poor training that both can result in improvisation. Yep, sounds good. So what do you got going on recently? Uh, I introduced a little bit of talking about the uh, your fitness mixed with Shooting. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how that got started? Yeah, Fit, fit Shot is uh, is really catching on, getting more and more popular. I'm getting more and more videos and, and uh, people sending in videos of them doing it on their own. It, it's really kind of an open source thing right now where what we did is um, last year, uh, let's say let's go back to you know, 2004, 2005. I was introduced to uh, the, the concepts of CrossFit, uh, functional fitness, um, exercising at high intensity, varied movements, things like that. Um, was really impressed with it, but mostly impressed with the efficiency of it. Just the idea that here's some people with a, with a, apparently a well researched and a very uh, effective fitness routine that didn't take a lot of time and and sort of made sense. You know, it was just good functional movement stuff, the kind of things you would want to be able to do 
were the fitness. Because for me, I have no interest in, in being able to ride a bike for 50 miles. I have no interest in running 20 miles. So, so doing that for my fitness never, never really worked for me, right? Um, so CrossFit worked. CrossFit made sense. It was fun. It was challenging. It was intense and it was short. Uh, so I, you know, kind of got involved in that community a little bit, watched what they were doing. Um, actually was invited to speak, um, at a CrossFit level one surf 2006 in Colorado. It's where I met, uh, Greg Glassman and some of the other leaders in that community and kept in touch with them over the years, uh, and was promoting CrossFit as an approach, um, to anybody who was interested in personal defense. And, uh, in 2009, we did an episode of SWAT magazine TV all about CrossFit. Um, I did a DVD that same year. Uh, for our personal defense network video series with a, uh, Bob Gerdes, who is a, uh, uh, Marine Corps officer, uh, who, who's gotten out and has started his own CrossFit gym near Minneapolis. Uh, so we had, uh, a lot of promotion of the CrossFit concepts. John Brown, uh, of course, uh, as a leader in the CrossFit community, he, he's one of the lead instructors for the CrossFit Kids program. He runs CrossFit Adobe, and he was one of my instructors at Valhalla, one of our lead instructors at ICU Training Company. Omari Broussard, uh, another uh, guy who's been very busy in the CrossFit world, um, active duty Navy chief, who also is a combat focus shooting instructor. So a lot of guys around me and, and inside of our community were pushing CrossFit. I ended up getting so involved in it that I decided to go out and get my level one cert and open up a CrossFit gym of my own. So uh, in 2011, I opened up CrossFit Safari Aude. Um, Safari Aude means dare to know. Um, so it was, uh, you know, dare to know CrossFit, dare to know your fitness potential really as a, as a hobby, um, as a side business, and mostly for my own research, my own personal development, and for the legitimacy as I, you know, ran around the country and talked to people all over the world uh, about getting more fit and, and using that functional fitness intense model. Uh, it didn't take long before we started looking at integrating those functional fitness intense short workouts on the range. And it was actually just about a year ago uh, that I was in the Pacific Northwest with, uh, Joe Lentz, the combat focus shooting instructor who's, uh, involved in, in functional fitness personally. Um, we were out there throwing some kettlebells around and we did a, uh, kind of impromptu what, what evolved into a fit shot workout where we were integrating kettlebell moves and some other physical fitness moves into our shooting routine. And honestly, you know, I'm not a big competition shooter. I, I don't, I think usually that kind of shooting degrades from, pure defensive shooting uh, practice and training and skills you're trying to develop because immediately you start trying to play the game. So there was a little, like, almost, uh, you know, crossing the line. Because as, as soon as you put a timer on it, you know, in CrossFit land, you put a timer on your kettlebell swings, they get more intense. Well, of course, as soon as we started running shooting in with the timer, uh, then the shooting became uh, much more choreographed, much less counter ambushed, much less like combat focus shooting. Um, but it was still fun and it was still shooting and we were still hoping, uh, you know, we were encouraging people to get fit. Well, the first video, um, really, really shocked people. All right. Did you see the first one with the uh, upside down, uh, sit up crunches? Step back, you draw and fire. Was that the one? I'm not sure if I saw that one. I saw somebody doing no, it. I don't think it was you. No, there's one floating around out there where, where, uh, Joe and I had hooked our leg up into the, uh, the rafters of the covering on the range. And we were holding the gun in front of our chest, you know, high compressed ready, pointed down range, and we'd sit up, we'd do a full sit up, drop down, upside down, extend the gun, and shoot the steel. But it was fun, and it was challenging, and it was a very controlled environment. You know, sometimes I tell people when they see 
see some videos, they have to remember it's, it's like a professional driver on a closed course. You know, just because you see it in a video doesn't mean you should go and try to do it. But, you know, we did, and it was fun, and it was safe, and, and uh, they got a lot of both positive and negative commentary, as you can imagine, on the Internet. Um, some people thought we were complete ass clowns. Not and on the Internet. Being reckless. Yeah, no it happened. And uh, other people thought it was the coolest thing they'd ever seen. Well, sit on it for six months. Sit on it for about five months, I should say. Um, ponder it. Play with it. Rolled around a little bit, talked to some of the other guys at the combat focused shooting instructor conference last October. Um, you had myself, uh, Omar Dussard was there, uh, Joe Lentz was there. Uh, we also had Matt Munson, who uh, runs CrossFit Champions, uh, just outside of Houston, Texas. Uh, he was up there. So, uh, again, we had a lot of CrossFit guys, a lot of combat focused shooting guys, and we decided to go ahead and formalize this concept of hit shots. You know, it's formalized. It's how do we put a uh, process to it? How do we put a um, method to it where we can tell people, you know, okay, here's the, the general idea. You want the workouts to last about this long. You, for safety, you want to make sure you're, you know, aligned in a certain way with all the types of workouts you're doing. Uh, you want to make sure that you have redundancy in everybody's skill set. So if you get overlapped, you don't have people with, with guns, you know, crossing other people with guns uh, that are in the shooting portion of the workout. Uh, simple principles like you always integrate the shooting with the fitness don't do a bunch of fitness and then do a bunch of shooting because that sort of defeats purpose. And, and quite frankly, people have been doing that for, for decades. You know, the military has been running running people through physical fitness and then while they're tired, uh, you know, our SWAT teams, and then, you know, get people tired, get their heart rates up, get their muscles fatigued, get the lactic acid built up, and then go shoot. And that's very different from what we're doing. We're really integrating the shooting into the fitness. And probably the most powerful uh proof of concept that we're really doing something different is the fit guys. The guys who are mostly into the fitness side of it and just barely into the gun talking about how much harder the workouts are because they're actually so mentally engaged in controlling the gun and knowing they need to get the shot and just from a safety and a performance anxiety side it makes it harder to work out because you can't just zone out. You actually have to do the fitness while you're engaged in some, some serious activity and, uh, you know, it reminds me of rolling. It reminds me of grappling at a, at a high level. If I'm rolling with some guy who's, you know, I'll get winded much faster doing that than I will talking kettlebells around. You know, when you're playing that mental game along with the physical game, it, it can be yeah. much harder. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Whenever I first saw it, John said, hey, have you seen this? You know, we're talking about physical fitness and started looking at a few videos on the Facebook page there alone. I saw some people, like, I couldn't tell if they were jumping on the barrels or jumping off. And I was like, how is that guy jumping like that? That's crazy. And, uh, so somebody's going to shoot themselves initially when I think about it. I was like, you know what? So they're really thinking, you know, they got some good safety measures in place and like the things you just went about, uh, explained about. It, it looks, I started to get, you know, really interested, not just for myself, getting, cause I've been doing CrossFit for a few years and it's caught on great with the, uh, like combat arms MOSs in the military and like, all around the military. Marines, MARSOC and everybody else, uh, our infantry battalions, we're doing CrossFit all the time where we used to go run all the time. And now we're, we're right. doing a lot of CrossFit. And uh, it, it's great. I, I hate long runs. I hate long workouts. You go wear yourself, kill yourself for 45 minutes, and you get a full-body workout, and you can only walk when you're done. And it's all about what you put into it. But what I was primarily wondering is, like, what can I do on my own? Because I'm in Japan, and uh, I don't have my firearms with me, uh, with a red gun, just dry. But also, I'm about to go back to an infantry battalion here in a few months, and I'll have a platoon of, say, four Marines. 
And we don't always get to go bust caps, but we can pull our guns out of the armory, get out there in the PT field, and uh, and do some stuff dry. And that's what I'm kind of right. looking at doing. That's what got me excited about think, it a little bit. I think the, the thing you have to remember, just like with any dry training, is if you're not getting a good rep, uh, you're getting a bad rep, you know? And the only way you know if you're getting a good rep sometimes is, is if you have that accountability of where does the bullet go, you know? You have that accountability of what do you do when you hit lock or, or, you know, punch or whatever it may be. So, you know, I would, I would caution, you know, the application, you know, the pure application of fish guide definitely involves some kind of accountability. Now, where we have put an asterisk at, you said, some people aren't ready for some of those moves live fire, right? Before. Maybe they're, you know, a, a you know, crossfit god, but they don't want you know, they, they haven't ever shot before. And then they see this, and they say, oh, I looks cool. That looks challenging. That's like something I, I do. I want to get into it. What we've done with some of those guys is use laser training uh, aids. We've used like a laser light insert, or we've used a cert pistol. Um, we, we've shot against targets and had people count hits. We've shot against uh, the laser light target boxes that record hits. And there you still get your accountability for the move, you know, whatever that move is, extension, draw from holster, all those things. It has to be right. Or you get that time penalty because that's a big part of it. Okay, there's a time penalty for misses. So it's not just like, you know, making bang noises. You really are having to structure these workouts. And this is why later this year when we look at starting to, you know, give people certifications as, as fit shop coaches, one of the big things is programming, you know, just like anywhere else. If you under, you can understand all the moves in the world, but if you can't put together a good workout, then being, you know, understanding the moves isn't, isn't the right way to lead a gym or lead a workout, right? So programming a fit shot, it includes scaling uh, all the fitness so that anybody can get through it that's there, you know, being able to scale your, your fitness routine. Somebody might simplest stuff, you know, somebody's using a 50-pound kettlebell, somebody's using a 35-pound kettlebell, uh, somebody's doing a 24-inch box jump, you know, I'm jumping on a 50-gallon drum, you know, whatever. Um, we'll, we'll figure out what we need to do to scale to make it uh, an intense workout for everybody there, but also the shooting, right? The shooting needs to play a role, so there needs to be a balance. If you only have, uh, uh, let's say you do 30 shots, and we usually do three-second penalties, so that's a 90-second penalty, um, but if you're only taking 30 shots and your workout takes 15 to 20 minutes, well, that 90 seconds of shooting really isn't weighted very heavily in someone's score, Right? But if you're doing a, a four-minute workout and you're doing 30 shots, now all of a sudden a 90-second penalty when the workout's taking people between four and six minutes is really significant. So, so the shooting is an important part of it. And, and I, you know, as, as much fun as it is to say, yeah, sure, as long as you're using the gun in your hand during your fitness, it's better than nothing. It's definitely not fit shot if you're not, you know, counting that shot. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I I was thinking more along the lines of, uh, like you said, clearing that double feed. You know, ripping that magazine out, clearing it out, uh, maybe presenting. Of course, we don't get to fire and then transitioning to the pistol, search and assess, reholster, go back to whatever you're doing. You know, but, uh, sure. we're not always going yeah, to get no, to fire the sense. rounds. And yeah. You can't score it, but you absolutely can, can run it for integrity, right? And then it's just about, hey, you know, wiggling your head around left and right isn't assessing your environment, you know, make sure you're really taking that two or three seconds to assess your environment. And if nothing else, some people see it as, as a rest period from the workout. But honestly, I'm telling you, I think it messes with your workout more than you think because mentally you have to be. Yeah, I'm going to have a real tough sell. Say, hey, we're going to go to the range and we're going to work out and we're going to shoot guns in the middle of the workout. That's pretty much not going to happen in the Marine Corps. 
Yeah, ever. I think you're probably right. But, but you know, there's something we said for like a laser trainer or something else that you might be able to uh, work in there is, is that kind of a deal. Now, just all you need is kettlebells and a, and a blank wall, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, Rob, one of the um, questions that I had, and I think you kind of touched upon it, is somebody that's, you know, seeing these videos, at least the ones I've seen, you guys already have a pretty high level of fitness by the looks. But you said that uh, the way the program, you know, if it's properly set up, it's actually scaled so that, uh, you know, somebody that's, they realize that uh, something they need to add to their, you know, their shooting practice is more on the physical fitness side. Those people wouldn't be excluded from this program, would they? No, not at all. In fact, that, you got to remember that's the, at the heart of all of this is motivating people to, to get fit, right? Like if somebody, somebody asked me, you know, what do you want out of this? Why are you doing a fit shot project like you're not busy enough? You know, what's your goal? And I said, well, you know, I guess my goal is fewer 50-plus-inch 5'11 pants with less than a 38-inch seam, you know, um, fewer triple X, you know, concealment vests uh, being seen at the IDPA matches, right? It's like let's get the whole, especially the personal defense community, uh, a lot fitter. And, you know, in the law enforcement community, you can probably stand and get a lot fitter. You know, our military guys, you know, they generally are, are kept within a range, but law enforcement, sometimes it gets a little sloppy, and, and certainly in the, in the general shooting circles, um, the waistlines are, are way too common. Yeah, you know, I commend you on your, uh, I guess, balls to come out and say some of the things you've said. I've, I've touched on it a few times on, on this show, and me and John have, have talked about it a few times. But the thing that kicks out in my mind the most is I was on a forum, and I was talking about what I carry. In the summertime, I wear flip-flops a lot. And there was this guy with a picture on his forum page that, you know, was like you're talking about 58 inch inseam, uh, wore his, you know, quadruple X shirt, was telling me that I am wrong by wearing flip flops because I can't run as fast as I would if I wore tennis shoes. And I'm thinking, <laughs> dude, I'll put on my flip flops. You put on like your best running shoes and let's see who runs faster. You know, I'm like, well, I, I think you're both wrong. Right. I'm not a fan of flip. And I'm not a fan of, of complete lack of fitness. But, yeah, if I had to pick one or the other, I'll take the, the fit guy in flip-flops, I guess. Well, actually, after this, I went out and practiced it. I ran around uh, about a mile run with my toes curled. I was getting a good time there in my flip-flops, so I justified it for myself. As long as I curl my toes good right. and run, I'm golden. Now, he was also uh, wearing skinny I jeans, you. too. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, there, was, there were no skinny jeans involved. No. no. Okay. <laughs> If you can run up trees with no hands, I don't think it counts. <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. I have to do a little fit shot first. So uh, yeah, but so if you go to the, um, the the Facebook page for fit shot, there's a there's actually one video that's specifically titled. I'm sure it'll come up on a Google search that's specifically titled scaling. And uh, it's a video where you see some people there that are definitely haven't you know, they haven't been keeping up with their functional uh, fitness at all, and then. Uh, there's a couple others there that yeah, have been been paying a fair amount of attention to it the last uh, few years at least. So you see that some of us are are doing, uh, for example, what was one of the examples? I think some of us were doing uh, full burpees, whereas the other person was just doing uh, push-ups. And uh, just recently, we did one in West Virginia where uh, some of us were jumping maybe like a, a 24-inch box jump, and literally there was there were a couple people there that were doing box jumps up onto a railroad tie. You know, so it definitely, we may hear that and say, oh, that's not even a box jump, but you know what? For those guys, they were getting sweaty, they were getting winded, and for them, they reached their level of intensity. So, and of course, the whole thing, everybody's got guns in their hands. If we're doing it without the laser trainers or doing it live, we have to, we have to be safe. 
So there is a safety control uh, for sure that's built in all the programming, and there absolutely needs to be scaling that doesn't exclude anybody. Because if you ask me, if you said, Rob, well, what do, what do you want? You know, you want uh, the railroad tie or the or the 50 gallon plastic drum, and you can only pick one or the other for the whole shooting community. I'll take this. I'll take the railroad tie every day because because I'm much more interested in that person that hasn't been motivated to work out but does enjoy shooting than I am in the person who can jump up on a 50-gallon drum uh, starting to become a shooter, right? i got a million ways to make that person interested in shooting, but shooting and fun may be the only motivation that the other guy has to ever even be in the fitness trail. I think most anybody who's done CrossFit for any significant amount of time, you know, realize it, it's a competition against your buddies that you do it with and against yourself. You know, you keep that time. No matter what circuit course you're running or whatever kind of CrossFit exercise you're doing, what day it is and which one comes out, you want to beat that time. People are, you know, I always write down my stuff and see what my times are and my weights are and everything and, and want to do better than that and, and always beat it. And it's, uh, it's addictive in that way because you do see improvement. So those people that are starting out, you know, they may be, well, I can't do all that stuff. You know, I'd say go out there and start out at your level. You're going to see yourself increase in your, your ability to get, you know, a lot more reps. A lot faster and heavier weight. Yeah, you really are, and that's and that's what that's what's important about it. I mean, we've had guys like let's say that we don't we don't know that people are ready for anything dynamic with the gun. Cool, you know they're not going to be doing the box jumps. They're not going to be doing one handed, you know, kettlebell uh, cleans with with a gun in the ready position. We're just we're just going to leave them gun in the holster and do ten air squats. Uh, after ten air squats, draw and fire two rounds. Get the gun back in the holster. Do 10 burpees, you know, or, or 10, if you're not ready for burpees, do 10 push-ups. Uh, and then you do 10 push-ups, take the two shots. Maybe it's five push-ups and, and two shots, whatever it is. Like, we'll work out the programming, but it doesn't have to be twisting and flipping kettlebells. It doesn't have to be giant, you know, box jumps on the back of a Cadillac we found on a range. Let's say we were box jumping up on the back of it and shooting over it and then jumping down and going to prone and shooting next to it. Um, you know, that was fun. But I could see how that could be intimidating too. That's why it was important to us to put out the scale workouts and show some people um, at, at much more reasonable uh, expectation levels getting their workout into. I was just going to ask because uh, I'm sure there's probably some uh, you know some critical people out there who are you know you mentioned the Cadillac. Some people are thinking you know I I don't want to be you know teaching myself to jump up on top of cars and stuff because I should be using cover. What's your answer to that? Yeah, it's a game, you know. Um, it, it, you got it really, and, and again, this was the flip. This is the 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 flip from what I've said in the past, where I said, okay, I'm not willing to compromise my training, uh, my counter ambush, you know, approach to to shooting. I don't think, you know, because a lot of people say, well, at least you go to a USC, you mentioned the competition, you went drill, you go to that match, at least you're getting you know rounds down range. It's better than nothing. Well, I, I think at a certain point, if you're Doing things that are incongruent with your normal training regimen, then it's not better than nothing because you're undoing reps. So let's say that you always train to shoot, um, you know, a random string fire. You're firing two to five rounds and you're trying to visualize a threat, visualize that threat going down, but then you spend, you know, two weeks getting ready for a competition where all you do is double taps on each target. Double taps, double taps, double taps, double taps. You go to the competition, you do double taps. You get good at it. Now you want to do it again next week. So you practice your double tap, double tap, double tap, and it starts to actually undermine what your acknowledged, you know, your intellectually acknowledged preferred training is for defensive shooting. So I think there can be a negative to that. 
what I'm seeing here is you're not going to do this. This isn't going to take up a lot of your time. You're not going to cater your shooting to fit shot. But absolutely, when you're doing fit shot, you're just shooting. It's not defensive training, not uh, combative shooting. It's definitely not combat-focused shooting. You know, it's, it's what you're doing is you're you're shooting a target, and it's putting that target shooting, preferably, you know, with your gear, with your carry gear. It's actually your carry gun. You know, I don't know if we'll ever get to the point where uh, people are doing fit shot in, in race guns. You know, I don't think that would really um, sit well with me. But definitely, we have to we have to put an asterisk on the shooting and say this isn't tactics, you know, because people have said that, you know, and, and I don't even know how somebody gets that. How does somebody watch that video and say, well, why are you jumping on the car, like like as if that was active shooter training response that we're teaching people to jump up on the car, you know? I think they, I think that that misses the point, um, and I'm certainly willing to concede the point very readily that the shooting you do in fit shot is not defensive shooting training. Yeah, well, I thought you were going a different route. Cause, uh, I remember last time we talked, you know, and I read in your book, you're talking about the reactionary position, you know, to an ambush. We see in dash cam video where the hands go up in front of the face uh, in a protection type manner. I was picturing you doing burpees and ending your burpee in that position and then drawing your, from your holster and then firing. Is that kind of what you do? Yeah. I would, you know what, dude? That, if I'd have said that, I'd just, I want you to reach through the phone and just slap me because I would be trying way too hard to justify something I already know. Makes sense. If we were doing that, but um, yeah, it, you know, again, people get people get wrapped up sometimes. I think around having to make everything make perfect sense. Sometimes I'm willing to say, you know what, for the greater good of fitness and the uh, you know allowance of some fun, the shooting and fit shot is what it is. So we're going to call this. You're not, like I said earlier, protection training firearm. We're talking basically a mixture of marksmanship. And fitness. Yeah, this is much more like, you know, if I had to say what it's not combat focus shooting meets, meets CrossFit, it's IPFIT meets CrossFit. Got it. Maybe IDPA meets, you know, not, probably not even IDPA, you know, it's, it's much more like an IPSIC or a USPSA. We put a target out there, get the hits on the target while you're doing your fitness and being safe. What would you uh, suggest for somebody who's you know, listening to this and they're interested in it? Where can they go? Uh, what can they do? Uh, they Google Fit Shot, they're going to find a website that doesn't have much information, um, and they're going to find the Facebook page, which has a lot of information. So hopefully they're, they're part of the Facebook community. And if you go in there, like the page, look at all the videos, look at the posts, they'll see a whole bunch of examples of workouts. Uh, and then, it, then they can message uh, the Fit Shot community there, post questions, whatever they might have. Of course, they can always find me, you know, any millions of places on the Internet, send me an email um, through the, the Combat Focus Shooting website or the IC Training website or on uh, the Facebook, of course. And what I would like to see really is, is people just don't, don't overthink it. You know, be safe. That's the number one thing. Uh, have fun with it and, and stress yourself out physically being hit. So again, if you put your carry gun in your holster, you go out to the range, uh, you know, watch a video online or go to a, a fitness coach, understand what an air squad is and do it. Uh, do five of them and put your gun out and shoot. Uh, put the gun safely back in the holster, do five more, and shoot. Repeat that five times. You know, then do five sit-ups. Stand up off the ground, pull your gun out, and shoot. Sit back down, do five sit-ups, stand up off the ground, pull your gun out, and shoot. Uh, and then do five push-ups, you know. And, and if you did that, if you did that that routine, uh, five each, I think at the end of it, you'd have a real taste of, of what we do. And if, if you're at all curious about what an air squad is, my guess is that, that workout would get you winded 
and challenge your shooting ability while you were that winded and while you were worked up, you know, at that level. Um, if, if you, if you heard me say that and you thought, well, that doesn't sound like a very challenging workout for you, you're probably right. And, and that's where you need to go to the fit shot page and check out some of the other stuff we're doing. Say, uh, I went to a range and I started doing this stuff and the guys who are on the range are like, are you crazy? You can't do this. Is there any kind of network, anything involved? Who can they contact? Somebody on the Facebook page or uh, the website? Yeah, Somebody? I would get to I would get to the Facebook page and and you know try to get hooked up with a range near you that that understands you know how to do this. I I think here's the deal: if you know your range, right? If some people go out in their backyard and shoot against a dirt berm, they can do anything they want. Other people go to a, a range where they you know can barely touch the gun without having to follow 29 different rules. Um, you know the range you're at. If you're at a range where you're going to get kicked off for, for squatting in the stall, uh, something's wrong, right? I, I don't, I don't know, like, what safety rule are you breaking that says, like, if you can bend over and tie your shoes while your gun's in your holster, then you should also be able to, you know, do an air squat. Now, some ranges don't allow people to use their holster. Fine. Put the gun down on the table or on the, you know, the, uh, the, the countertop or the podium that's in that, uh, shooting stall. Take a half step back, do your five air squats, walk up, pick the gun up off the table, take the shot, put the gun back down on the table, do five more air squats. You know, again, the physical movement that you're doing is the same you would be doing if you bent down, you know, not, not literally the same, but it's the same range of motion you'd be doing if you, uh, bend down to tie your shoes. You know, now the sit-ups take a little more room, the, the push-ups take a little more room, but, you know, at the end of the day, that kind of a range probably isn't the kind of range you need to be doing fit shot on. So, you know, find yourself a dirt burn somewhere. Uh, if you're doing dynamic defensive training, fit shot shouldn't be a problem um, as long as you're being safe and you're staying within, you know, your own personal uh, abilities. John, you got anything else on fit shot? No, it's uh, definitely, um, you know, it, I think what you're ending up with is, you know, maybe you're getting somebody that was kind of trying to decide, do I want to go to the range or do I want to get a workout in? Now they can uh, satisfy both. Yeah, if you yeah, guys I mean, like me, they don't like to work out, but they love to shoot. So let's uh, put them together so they're both fun. Yeah, and I think what we find is most people, uh, myself and most of the guys who are into it, we'll sit on the end of the training. But we're doing our training, you know, whether it's a full day or a half, and we're doing our training session for our firearms, defenses, counter ambush, team pack, whatever we're doing. We're working on our training goals. And at the end of it, we sort of cap it off with our, our physical fitness, you know, and then go out and get a meal, maybe some beverages, you know, make, make a full day of it. So what else you got going on, Rob, right now? Right now I am uh, sitting in South Dakota, and I am about, I don't know, two-thirds, I guess, of the way through the 2012 cross-country tour uh, for the Personal Defense Network. So we are uh, we started in Florida um, late. Uh, actually, he was doing some taping down there with uh, Daniel Defense. Uh, got some, they're one of our tour sponsors. I'm doing some uh, video work with them. Some videos are going to come out this summer that are they're really, really awesome looking. Some promotional and some educational stuff. And then we uh, had our first class in southern Georgia. Uh, moved into the Carolinas, uh, up through Virginia, West Virginia. Uh, did some classes in Ohio. Um, at one point, I kind of diverted from the tour and flew up to uh, New Hampshire to do an event up there. Uh, people can see the pictures on the personaldefensenetwork.com uh, website and, of course, uh, on our Facebook page. we got all kinds of pictures. we got the truck wrapped with all of our uh, sponsors. Um, in addition, again, in defense, we've got CrossFit holsters, um, laser light, and uh, Smithing with M&T Tactical clothing uh, made by WT Tactical. Um, we've got those guys supporting us. 
And we've got eight instructors, uh, eight of our contributors from Personal Defense Network, uh, Mike Seaplander, Grant Cunningham, uh, Tom Gibbons from Rangemaster in Memphis, uh, Cecil Birch, I'm um, sure I'm forgetting somebody, uh, Mike Janich. Um, we've got a bunch of people out there um, contributing to the tour, and we've got over 50 training dates. Uh, so I'm physically driving the truck across country. Meanwhile, the other guys are flying around and doing what they do. Um, it's 52 dates, uh, 52 different events over the four-month period, and I'll be finishing up at the Firearms Academy of Seattle in uh, mid-July. So that's uh, the bulk of my training on the ranges this year is going to take place as part of this tour, and uh, it's just been really exciting. And people can uh, go go to Google or go to the Personal Defense Network page and uh, go to YouTube, and they'll see that we've been doing updates uh, from the tour. So I've got eight updates, and uh, a couple of them actually feature Fit Shop that we were talking about. So we uh, have a Fit Shop video, um, one of the ones that some of my instructors did uh, in Ohio uh, that, that actually was featured. I think it was probably the uh, sixth update, the fifth or sixth update. Uh, to encourage some of the listeners to go check this out, can you tell us what is the Personal Defense Network, in case somebody out there doesn't Personal know? Defense, yeah, Personal Defense Network is a project that's been around for a little over two years. It's a uh, sister project. If anybody's familiar with my DVD series that we've been putting out through the, uh, primarily through the NRA since, uh, 2006. Um, that DVD series now has over 70 DVDs. Um, we've got about 12 other instructors who participated in that. Um, we've got over 3 million, believe it or not, distributed, uh, primarily through the NRA, also through the Second Amendment Foundation, Guns and Ammo Magazine. Um, it's a huge project. Well, two years ago, we spun off uh, the online presence for the Personal Events Network project. So we now have online videos, uh, free online videos and articles, and I write uh, some of those articles as well as some of the other guys I just mentioned. Uh, we've had uh, probably about 20 different contributors of articles and video clips, and we also take some of the, the best pieces of our DVD series and put them on the Personal Events Network website uh, so people can learn from them as well. So. It's just kind of a free resource and a, a little bit of a community to, you know, get conversation going and share ideas and give people some training tips and and, and thoughts that they um, might otherwise not get unless they could get to one of the classes um, and actually spend time with me or one of the other contributors. And this is a great way for them to, you know, simply hit the website, do a search, and uh, and we always get a lot of good comments and feedback, and that leads to discussion, and, and hopefully everybody uh, gets better and stronger because of it. So that uh, personal defense network is Busier and busier, and uh, it's a big, big part of the way I uh, put information out now. The end of uh, June, starting up for uh, the third quarter and then into this fall for the fourth quarter, we've got a new show coming out uh, called Trick Time. Uh, that show is going to be airing on Pursuit Network on Friday nights. It'll probably be sprinkled throughout the week uh, a couple other times, but primarily on uh, Friday nights. And I'm doing a uh, home defense segment on each episode. And uh, there's some other uh, great guys, um, the Ronin Strategies guys, uh, Jim Gleeland uh, is going to be there, and uh, also uh, Brandon LaBeouf uh, from uh, Novatac is uh, also, they're all involved in the show, and it's been uh, a lot of fun putting it together, and um, I haven't even seen the first final episode completely edited yet, but I'm uh, looking forward to it, so that should be, be good, and it's good to be back on, uh, you know, back on the TV with a, with a full series. I haven't been on since December. Um, it's only been, I guess, four or five months, but it seems like a lot longer because of the way the taping cycle works. Um, you know, I, I haven't actually made any television, uh, fresh new television stuff of my own since uh, the middle of last year. That was a cool project to work on. I was going to ask Rob, what do you do with all your free time? Well, uh, there isn't a lot of it. Um, I, my hobbies are uh, my on the road hobby, I guess, is, is photography. Uh, the 
home uh, or free time hobby is motorsports, you know. So uh, we're getting ready. We're putting a team together for the uh, Vegas Reno uh, race in 2013. I did that in 2010 also. It's the longest uh, off-road desert uh, race in the U.S. And uh, might get into some uh, some on-track stuff, too. We we're talking about doing something like that next year with some of the free time. But uh, mostly it's, it's uh, teaching and researching and program development and you know, I just love what I do, so so I don't make a lot of free time. Uh, but but when I have it, um, I like to be driving or riding something, and uh, if not, I'll, I'll be taking pictures or something. I guess. Here's a little joke for John. You mean, so Rob, you don't travel with your own photographer to take pictures of you all the time? I'm actually, you know, with my level of narcissism, I've, I've learned to use that timer really well. Yeah, I, I noticed like that looks like a self-taken photo on Facebook because I do it myself. You know, I, I don't have the patience to hand it to somebody else. That's a little joke to me and Rob have about another trainer out there that uh, he's always got great pictures of himself. It's it's pretty fun. We're jealous. We wish yeah, we were that pretty. Pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'll tell you, you know, the running joke before I got really into fitness myself was, you know, basically I only did fitness when video came to the running. I was trying to do stuff with the DVDs and I was doing stuff with SWAT magazine. I was doing trying to set an example, trying to do things. And, and honestly, it was, it was finally, some guy sent me an email that said, you know, wow, you really inspired me six months ago. I saw that episode of SWAT Magazine TV, and I'm going to the gym, and I've lost 20 pounds, and I feel like I'm better able to do my job as a police officer. And it made me feel bad. I was like, man, i got to start really, really you know, putting my body and, and making some of my mind where my mouth is. And that's what actually inspired uh, me opening a gym in Ohio. So, and I know that this stuff has an influence on people, and uh, we just want to we just want to keep pushing people in the right direction and providing the best information and motivation that we can. Yeah, that's I think you said it all right there. You said you wanted to set the example, and that's one thing that not trying to kiss your ass or anything, you know. But I, I I like about you. So you do a lot of stuff that's free, you know. That that people and I like me and John. We do Godfather Cast. It's free. We pay for it. You know, it's all on us, and so we can relate. And you know, you're putting a lot of time and effort, so you're probably not getting a whole lot of return out of all of it. You know, uh, that's that's commendable. We appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you saying that. You know, honestly, at the end of the day, um, and one of the things I would tell my instructors in the program is, I, I put the information out there, and and money shows up. You know, and if, if it means somebody buys a book because they heard me on the podcast, or if it means somebody uh, you know buys a fit shop T-shirt because they they tried it out in their yard after watching you know, 50 free videos and they like it. You know, it really does it. it Somewhere it's going to get taken care of. Um, for me, it really is about putting that information out and, and making people better able to protect themselves or others. And that's what I'm passionate about. And the business just kind of takes care of itself, I guess. All right, guys, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, being a venue. Let me chit chat. I'll enjoy the conversations and uh, hopefully we'll actually spend some time on our wings together at some point. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Rob Pincus talking about Fit Shot, among other things. It's always a pleasure to have Rob on. Probably have him on sometime again in the future. If you are interested in any of the sites that he mentioned or any of the things we talked about, you can go check them out at thepersonaldefensenetwork.com. Um, we talked about that. And the Fit Shot, just throw in Fit Shot, Fit Space Shot in Facebook. You'll find it. But probably the best way to keep up with Rob uh, is under ICE Training. You go there and just on Facebook, again, type i.c.e space training and you'll find them there on facebook and i'll put links to all these right here including the fit shot facebook page that rob mentioned uh all in the show notes here so you can just click them there on the website or on your mobile device and go straight to the sites and and like them and keep in touch 
don't forget to follow us um, on our pages on Facebook. Uh, we also have a Twitter feed and a Google Plus. All ways to uh, keep in touch with us, send us some feedback, uh, and additional source of feedback uh, if you prefer. We also have our forum at the Gun Rights Radio Network at gunrightsradio.com. We have the Gunfighter Cast Forum. Always uh, happy to address any questions, comments, concerns you have there. Don't forget Google+. Plus. Follow us on there. And uh, also, if you have a mobile device and you like to listen to podcasts, go ahead and check out Stitcher. Download it. Put in the promo code GUNFIGHTER and get hooked up and give us a whole dollar by putting in that promo code. Don't forget while you're on your mobile device, go to iTunes. Download the app. We really appreciate that contribution. Uh, it is $1.99, so uh, that money is going to Gunfighter Cast to pay the bills. And we are not making a killing off of it, that's for sure, but it, it is helping. Uh, it's been up there for a few weeks now, and it it has paid for the next year's and uh, website, and by itself just for the past few weeks. So thank you guys so much who have donated uh, by getting that app uh, in return for your donation. Really appreciate it. If you're on Android, you can go get the same app for free. Just a little nicety for you Android folks. So uh, don't forget to go check that out and download it. And while you're on Facebook checking out our page and the FitShot page, uh, don't forget to check out our new sponsor, Aries Gear. They've also uh, got a page as well. Say hi to Jake from us. It's Aries, A-R-E-S, space gear, comma, L-L-C. Yeah, that'd be great for you guys to go on there, tell them that you heard about them from us, and that's why you're there. That would be awesome. Uh, that's pretty much all I got for this show. You got anything else, John? Well, uh, as our usual uh, kind of... Closing it out, don't forget, join the NRA if you're not a member, Second Amendment Foundation if that's what you prefer, and check your local area. See what uh, firearms groups are operating in your area. Find somebody whose beliefs uh, coincide with yours and join them and show them your support. Yep. Excellent advice. All right, well, until next time, Gunfighter Cast out. Be safe.